Good evening, everyone. Thank you for coming to this evening's class on the Bhagavat Sandarbha of Srila Jiva Goswami. We're in the 83rd Anucheda. The 83rd Anucheda highlights the revelation of Kardama Muni, who was uh, a progenitor and he and his wife, Devahuti, actually gave birth to an incarnation of the Supreme Lord, Kapila, Lord Kapila. And on the instruction of Lord Kapila, uh, Kardama Muni left home and entered the forest in order to attain self-realization. This 83rd Anucheda highlights his revelation, his realization, and also highlights the significance of the Bhagavan conception of the Absolute Truth being all-inclusive of the Brahman ideal. Basically by showing that Kardama Muni's first experience in attaining self-realization was the experience of Brahman. And then, as he advanced further, the Bhagavan conception overtook him. So, Jiva Goswami continues here. In the previous verse, it was said that Kardama attained his true self-identity, Labdhatma, through profuse love. The next verse elucidates the exact nature of this realization of the self, Atma. This is from the Srimad Bhagavatam's third canto, discussing his revelation. He realized that Bhagavan is situated as the self in all beings, and that all beings exist in the self, that is, Bhagavan. Jiva continues in his Anucheda. In this verse, the word Atma, the self, refers to the Supreme Self, Paramatma. The meaning of this verse is that it was specifically Bhagavan who appeared to Kadharma everywhere. So this is, this is actually concluding this particular Anucheda, and it's talking about the, the final part of his revelation and the fact that he saw the Supreme everywhere. Not that he experienced Brahman everywhere. Mm -hmm. Commentary here is worth reading. After realizing Brahman, Kardama came to realize the self of all beings, Paramatma, the awareness of which exceeds that of indeterminate Brahman. He saw Paramatma in every being and everything within Paramatma. So we've been given some some interesting insights of late in our study of the Bhagavat Sandarbha in seeing that one thing that stands out is the characteristics of those who are the transcendentalists who do attain self-realization, whether it whatever form it may take or manifest in order to satisfy their approach. So we're 
we go back to the verse, Vedanti tat tat vidas tat vab yaj jnanam advayam, that jnana advayam, that non-dual spiritual substance is realized as brahmeti, paramatmeti, or bhagavaniti sabjate, according to the mode of worship uh, of the transcendentalist. But it's interesting to note the level of detachment that these individuals attain in relationship to material nature. If we look at the example of all of them, it's it's rather extraordinary, like Sukadev just leaving home right after his birth. He was a little older than he could walk already, but uh, as the story goes, um, he left home and uh, in a completely unclosed state, in a completely uneducated state, so to speak, and. Uh, and it speaks of these transcendentalists who have realized the supreme absolute, whether it be as a uh, as Brahman or Paramatma, as Bhagavan. They're completely detached. They don't even recognize that they have a material body. They're so absorbed in transcendence, in the in in the self. So it's it's quite an extraordinary experience one could imagine uh, to uh, be so absorbed in in yourself that uh, when I say self in this regard I'm referring to your true spiritual self that uh, you have no awareness of of bodily necessity no awareness of feeding, clothing the body, caring where the body is, caring what the body is doing. Uh, is that a stage that we all have to come to, I think? Well, it appears that as long as there's... It's nothing that we strive for. It's something that happens automatically. It's just like for the devotee, the devotee becomes so absorbed in their worship they lose all all consciousness of their surroundings. You can see even sometimes your contemporaries become so absorbed in their deity worship or so absorbed in in cooking or whatever whatever service it may be, they really don't know their surroundings. They're like they're fixed. Or they're so fixed in in Japa or study that uh you can't it's hard to even rouse them to do anything else. <laughs> so let us hope that that is uh, a true state of transcendence on their part. Otherwise, Bhakti Ross is being cheated. Let's go on to the last of this 83rd Anacheta. Jiva Goswami continues. In the last verse of this series, Maitreya Muni explains Kardama's direct attainment of the Lord. Remember that this particular Leela of Kardama Muni uh, is 
within another discourse between Maitreya and Vidura. So Maitreya is instructing Vidura, and this particular pastime is being relayed, the, uh, the birth of Kapila and uh, uh, Muni leaving home and the discussion between uh, Devahuti and Kapila, her enlightenment. So this is just one short section of a much larger uh, discourse in the Bhagavat Purana between Maitreya and Vidura. The verse from the Bhagavatam used as the Praman, devoid of all hatred and desire and being situated in the vision of equanimity towards all things, Kardama Muni attained the abode of the Lord through devotional service to him. Jiva Goswami writes, Kardama thus attained the abode of the Lord, Bhagavati Gati, because he considered everything else as worthy only of indifference. There was nothing within the material realm to hold him here. He was indifferent to all of it, indifferent to his home, indifferent to his wife and his family, even though his son was God. Uh, it's a, it's a peculiar situation, but it's 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 simply to um, illustrate the significance of of attaining uh, self-realization. It's not that he abandoned the Lord for the Lord; he abandoned the Lord on the instruction of the Lord. The Lord said, "Go, go and attain self-realization. Be an example to mankind of." leaving household affairs and going to the forest and renouncing. He was empty of attachment and repulsion and therefore situated in the vision of equanimity, samachetasa. This is also stated elsewhere in the Bhagavatam. And then Jiva Goswami quotes a verse from the sixth canto. The devotees that are completely dedicated to Sri Narayan do not fear anything at all. They regard all circumstances as equal, whether it be promotion to heaven, liberation from material existence, or dwelling in hell. What we really find through this section of the Bhagavat Sandarbha is the overriding theme that Jiva has brought out from the Bhagavatam of the significance of the Bhagavan's conception uh, exceeding the Brahman conception and how, how significant that is and how the Bhagavatam repeats it again and again and again in this Leela, in that Leela, in this revelation, in that revelation and um, you, you, it, you can't miss it. But it helps when you have a teacher like Jiva Goswami bringing it out and bringing out the subtleties of the various revelations, the various leelas, the various um, advancements to realization by various devotees 
it it really helps bring the point home the pounding of the post that Jiva said that he was going to do in an earlier Anacheda in this section. I am going to bring it home. Now let's start here and, and we'll go systematically through through a few sections, a few Anachetas of my presentation, and hopefully coming out the other end, there'll be no question in your mind as to the superior superiority of Bhagavan revelation as presented in the Bhagavatam. Now we've already discussed what's the significance of the Bhagavatam. There is no brighter Purana, there is no better Praman available for self-realization than the Srimad Bhagavatam. So he's already established that in his Tattvasandarbha, and now he, he's pushing forward to, to show what is the highlight of the Bhagavat Purana. Why was it that, you know, what, what really is the significance of Srila Vyasudeva's recompilation of this work and how important it is um, to the presentation of the school of bhakti, the sampradayas of bhakti. Another meaning of sama chetasa is bhagavat chetasa, or one whose consciousness is fixed on bhagavan. So Samachetasa is, is a more general terminology, meaning being equal posed in all situations and equal posed to all other beings. But Jiva goes forward and he says it can also be seen as Bhagavachetasa or one whose consciousness is fixed on Bhagavan. And then Interestingly enough, he quotes Sankaracharya. Writes, Sa means with and Ma is a name of Lakshmi. This is a quote from Sankaracharya. Since the Lord is always with Lakshmi, he is known as Sama. So in the verse, Sama is used. Jiva says, well, Sama can, can mean uh, Bhagavat Chetasa. And he uses an ev as an evidence to that a quote from Sankaracharya, where Sankaracharya says Sa means with and Ma means Lakshmi. So who's with Lakshmi? Bhagavan. That's from the Sahasranama Bhasya. And then Jiva Goswami goes forward to to show that this same progression of realization by the aspiring transcendentalist is given in the Bhagavad Gita in the 18th chapter by Krishna himself. So Bhagavad, he quotes the verses from Bhagavad Gita, verses 51 through 55. Um, which basically speak to the characteristics of the practice, the mentality, the pure consciousness that's attained by the aspiring transcendentalist, and 
ending with Brahma Bhuta Prasanatma Nasochate Nakangsate. Endowed with pure intellect, controlling the mind with fortitude, forsaking sense objects such as pleasing sound, giving up attachment and hatred, completely living in a solitary place and eating little, controlling the body, speech, and mind, being ever devoted to the yoga of meditation on the Lord, fully taking refuge in dispassion, giving up egotism, the force of material desires, arrogance, desire for sense pleasures, anger, and possessions, and being free from the notion of ownership and serene at heart, one becomes qualified to realize Brahman. That's quite a list of, of characteristics that are required in order to, for the aspiring yoga to attain Brahman. Having realized Brahman and being peaceful, one neither hanker, grieves nor hankles for, hankers for anything. So he's attained Brahman. He's now, he's now peaceful. Being equal to all beings, one attains supreme devotion to me. Through that supreme devotion, one fully realizes me in truth, what and who I am. Then after knowing me in reality, one enters into me, achieves Sayuja liberation. I'm referring to he receives Bhukti. But that it can mean two different things. It doesn't mean that he has to merge. And that's brought out further on by comments that Jiva uh, brings out a comment from Sridhar Swami. And so this, this, the last two verses of this series of verses from the Bhagavad Gita, Brahma Bhuta Prasadatma Nasochate Nakangsate, Samasarvesu Bhutesu Madbhaktim Labhate Param, Bhachama Bhavijananti Yavanyastat Chasmitatvata Tatomam Tatvato Znatva Visate Tadanantaram. Visite Tadanantaram. This is very important. So he concludes his Anacheda, quoting Sridhar Swami from the 10th canto, his explanation. Sridhar Swami has also explained that the cowherd men saw Vaikuntha only after gaining a vision of the Brahman effulgence. So again, we come to a progression. First, Brahman revelation overtakes even the, those that are bhaktas even if they're engaged in the pro process of bhakti, and then Bhagavan realization. But for the devotee, it's momentary. Whereas for the Janamishra bhakti, who's engaged in jnana, it can be more per, a more pronounced period of, of uh, revelation in Brahman recognizing your your being totally fully spiritual your actual self becoming an atmarama in the brahman realized state one experiences brahman without a second in bhagavan realization one perceives the lord everywhere while still maintaining his own identity transcendentalists 
Transcendentalists are, are free of attachment and aversion. Sama Chetasa. Some neophytes that are, think that aversion to material objects, by that aversion, they can progress in spiritual life. But hatred is also attachment in a negative sense. So we're not overly attached and overly detached. We're disinterested. It's, it's the mind, it's the senses. As long as the body's there, the senses are going to have this or that attached. We just, we take no interest. We don't let the mind gain the upper hand. Um, we don't become overly, overly positive or negative. We have, we concentrate our mind elsewhere. We concentrate our, our, the significance of our being elsewhere. I'm here for Krishna. Yes, I may be sidetracked once a day and I may be fully attentive another, but it's, it's just part of the process. If we become overly renounced, it can lead to a hard heart. If we become overly soft-hearted, we can be pulled back into the snares of Maya. So, uh, Prabhupada used the uh, analogy of a, of, a, of a razor. You're, you have to know. You have to not let the mind get the better of you because the mind can slice and dice you very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, then in, in a, we can look to this non-moroseness, um, not being negative, overly negative uh, in relationship with the, um, the cursing of King Chitraketu. He was just indifferent. It was like, oh my gosh, now I'm going to become a demon. Most of us go, oh my gosh, now I'm going to become a demon. He was like, okay, well, I'm already fixed in my remembrance of Krishna. You can make me whatever you want. If you want to make me a frog in the well, that's fine. I'm not going to give up my devotion for the Supreme. So you can... You can make me a demon, but I'm not a demon. That's just an outward form. So the Advaitins explain, Visitetadanantaram, at the end of that series of five verses from the Bhagavad Gita, the Advaitins explain Visite as merging in Brahman. However, this renders Tadanantaram thereafter as meaningless. Because that tadanantara means thereafter. Well, what happens thereafter when when you've merged? There's no thereafter because you're you're merged in Brahman. So they basically don't understand this five verse series from the Gita, especially the end at the very end of the fifth verse. Jiva Goswami therefore explains Visite as he joins Milana. 
King Yudhisthira at the beginning of the battlefield of Kurukshetra, um, he said, anybody on the battlefield, I invite you all, if you want, you can, in, you can join us, the Pandavas, in this great battle. He made an announcement. Yudhisthira. He said, whoever's here, no matter what side you are on, wherever you are at, I'll take you as my soldier if you want. So, Pravistavan, to join the Pandavas. So that's the, that's the meaning of the, the end of this fifth verse in the Gita. You can join with Krishna after Visate, then Anantaram. You can join with the Lord in Vaikuntha. Jiva substantiates this conclusion by giving reference to the vision of the cowherd men. So what's the vision of the cowherd men? It's similar to Kardama's revelation. It's explained in the 10th canto that after Nanda Maharaj, he had committed some little error as far as the time of day. He took a bath and therefore Varuna arrested him and took him to his jail cell. And, uh, and Krishna came to save him. And while he was being saved, Nanda Maharaj observed that all Varuna and his whole entourage were worshipping Krishna as God. So he went back, after he was saved, he went back to the other cowherd men and he said, he said, Krishna, I think he's God. I mean, they were worshipping him like it was God. Maybe he is God. And, of course, the cowherd men became very, whoa, that sounds... So they inquired, Krishna, you're God. Can you show us what the destination is after this life? You know, since you're God, you can, you can show us where, where we're going, Right. So Krishna said, yes, uh, uh, why don't you take a bath here, bathe yourself, Brahma, anyway, it's a bathing ghat. It's the same place that Akur had his revelation. Um, I don't see the name here. Oh, Brahma Hrida, pond, Brahma Hrida, pond. So they took the bath, and the Bhagavatam reads as follows, again, giving the same information again. Sri Krishna revealed the indestructible spiritual effulgence, which is unlimited, conscious, and eternal. Sages see that spiritual experience in trance. Then their consciousness is free from the gunas of material nature. The cowherd men were brought by Sri Krishna to the Brahma Hrida, made to submerge in the water, and then lifted up from the same vantage point from which Akrura witnessed the spiritual world, the cowherd men saw the abode of the absolute truth. So first they had Brahman realization and then they saw that their destination was where they were at. They saw Vaikuntha. 
Um, from these two verses, it is clear that the Gopas first realized Brahman and then the Lord's abode. This is also confirmed by Sridhar Swami in his Bhavarta Dipika commentary on the Bhagavatam, that this is the progression that they went through. So we should be starting to see a pattern here repeatedly in the Bhagavatam regarding the significance of Bhagavan revelation being more complete than Brahman realization. First and foremost, because it, it comes before and then the more complete revelation comes. Going on to the 84th Anucheta. So we've completed the 83rd um, Anucheta, which was approached in various sections, sections of the section. Anucheta means section. So the 83rd Anucheta, we looked at a section by considering each verse individually and pulling out the significance of the the series of verses which explain Kardama's revelation. So now we go to the 84th, the next Anucheta. And as evidence here, um, uh, Krishna is recommending to Uddhava to go beyond knowledge of Brahman. Therefore, my dear Uddhava, Knowing your true self through direct awareness, in other words, being Brahman realized, knowing yourself as being fully spiritual and having nothing to do with the modes of material nature and, and my external energy. It's not, you're not of this world. You're just passing through. Don't, don't. Get overly wrapped up. Don't let it, you know, don't let it bring you down. <laughs> and people do let it bring them down. They become so attached to family and, and circumstances that they lose all faith in the Lord. They actually lose. They, they battle the Lord mentally and emotionally for, for sometimes their whole life. They cannot come to the proper conclusion. They cannot comprehend the complexities of the workings of Krishna's material nature and the way that the living entity has become himself wrapped up in the web of Maya. And, and because they don't know the science of the material world, they don't have the deep spiritual, they're not availed of the deep spiritual knowledge coming from the Veda um, due to perhaps some cultural uh, situation, their land of birth, whatever, their level of sincerity and inquiry. If there's sincerity and inquiry, the inquiry will always lead to the, to the proper... Uh, teacher, at least that's our understanding. That's our faith. Our faith is different than the faith of the Southern. The scientists are doubters. The devotees, they're believers. 
And they believe if you really want to advance spiritually, circumstances will come that will help you advance spiritually. And the scientists want to doubt everything. So we, we have a choice. We can either be an empirist and we can doubt everything and question everything and measure everything, or we can, we can take to the line of transcendentalists and we can observe those who have realized and see, well, first of all, what's the characteristics of their life? What are they like? What, what, how do they act? How do they react? More important than how they act is how they react to the world around them. That is treating them the same way the world is treating us. There's no different difference in the treatment. It's, there's a difference in the reaction. So the transcendentally situated person could be in the same circumstances and not be affected. I'm reminded of a story of Prabhupada and the young disciples. Uh, I forget where, I believe it was in Bombay or it might have been Calcutta. But anyway, there was a cobra in the building. It was Mayapur. Mayapur, okay. So I was wrong on both counts. So uh, the devotees are like, Prabhupada says, okay, well, let's take rest. Prabhupada said, well, the cobra's still in the building. Prabhupada said, yeah, okay, so it's time to take rest. <laughs> so I'm not staying here. So I think they, uh, in the Leela, Prabhupada Leela, it's pointed out one devotee, Pradumna, who was uh, helping Prabhupada translate the books. He was, I'm not staying here. And so what was his reaction and what was Prabhupada's reaction? Prabhupada's reaction is, if death's coming, let it come. I have full faith if Krishna's, if it, my time's up, my time's up. There's nothing I can do, including sleeping somewhere else outside under a tree that'll save me if if Krishna wants to kill me. And there's, you know, if Krishna wants to save me, nothing can kill me, including a cobra. So how do we react? So this knowledge is, uh, is so important to have a, a faith-based existence. Uh, it may be difficult at times, but that's why we stay in good association and we associate with people that we have, we can see how do, they, how do they react and from that we can we can judge uh, their character although at, at a certain point they don't have to react anyway they're free of reacting They've, plat they've passed through the world of delusion. But they react according to uh, a religious, and I use that word uh, purposely, they react in life according to a religious standard uh, for the benefit of others. They have no necessity from a spiritual viewpoint to react in one way or another uh, because they're indifferent to their material circumstance. So 
So Krishna is speaking to Uddhava. And he says, therefore, my dear Uddhava, knowing your true self through direct awareness and equipped with such knowledge, knowing and realization, worship me in devotion. So being self-realized, understanding you are, you are spirit, having Brahman revelation uh, and realization, equipped with such knowing and realization, then worship me. Worship me in devotion through the totality of feeling and awareness. Again, back to the same concept. Brahma Bhuta Prasadatmana Sojate Nakanksate Samasarvesu Bhutesu Madbhaktim Labhate Param The term the true self, Swatma, means the essential nature of the jiva. The knowing, jnan, and realization, vigyan, mentioned here are related to Brahman. So in the verse, these words are there. The verse that Krishna is saying to Uddhava. So Jiva's, he's giving, look in the verse, we see these words, swatma, and that means the nature of the Jiva. We see jnan, we see vigyan. And those words in this verse are related to Brahman, self-realization. Self-realization, meaning your individualized self. What more can we say? In this regard, persons like the four Kumars and Sri Sukha are befitting examples. So Jeeva's going back to earlier earlier examples he's given regarding the significance of the the Moonies uh, uh, taking to uh, Bhagavan worship. He implies that devotional service, commentary here, is the subsequent and more comprehensive praxis subsuming Brahma Gyan within its fold. This word praxis uh, hmm? means practice as distinguished from theory. So in knowledge, of course, we have both aspects. We may know something, but we may not actually make it part of our life. We know it's good to be humble and kind and so many things, but do we actually take it up? So that's what praxis, mean, praxis means. It means we take things up in our life as opposed to simply knowing the theoretical value. The Lord explains that jnanis should leave aside their gyan sadhana, using it as a springboard rather into the total feeling and awareness of devotion. So, Gyan is not the final destination, but only a means to become free from material attachment. Krishna again says in the, in the 
11th canto, speaking to Uddhava. A person who has imbibed the truth of Scripture, who has realized the self, and whose wisdom is not based merely upon inference, should offer that wisdom, Gyan, to me, knowing well that the world is a manifestation of Maya. Gyan is a sword by which one can behead the snake of illusion uh, and get free from its snare. But after killing a snake, one should discard the sword and eternally repose the self in the shelter of bhakti, which is like a mother. The killing of a snake does not nourish one, but simply enables the possibility of nourishment. I'm reminded of a time where we actually ate a snake. Me. You ate a snake? Mm-hmm. On purpose? Yeah. Well, we didn't know what it was that we ate until after it had been fed to us. I was at a Boy Scout camp, uh-huh. like a jamboree camp as oh, a God. Boy Scout, and there was rattlesnakes. So they were like teaching you, this is what it looks like, this is the sound you hear, go the other direction, don't make fast movements, all this stuff. And then later around the campfire, they feed you your your evening meal and everybody's eating. And uh, then they told us, oh, and by that way, that rattlesnake we showed you, you're all eating that now. (laughs) Did anybody throw up? Uh, I can't remember. I was a little bit, I don't think I had another bite of the meal, but... uh, so that's the end of the 84th. The 85th Anucheta goes on with a uh, an explanation of Dhruva Maharaj and how, well, guess what? He first realized Brahman and then he realized Bhagavan. So we'll continue with that in the next class. Any questions? All right. Thank you very much for your association.